Well, Mr. Babatsis, we have reviewed your proposal. I've completed the site visit. We've got the blueprints here. I think we're going to be able to proceed. Now, as originally designed, your specifications would have budgeted about 18 million gil. Holy shit. But uh, you told me your budget's about 630,000. So we, ha- we had to make a few compromises. I think you're going to be happy with what we came up with, though. All right. Uh, I don't want to hear that because uh, I was really, really... I have a lot of really particular needs for this project. Um, but listen, I'll, I'll, you know, lay it on me. Well, so on the second floor here, it says you wanted an 18 by 18 teleporter conveyor grid puzzle. Yeah. Now, that's going to be a bit more than you can afford right now, but I've got a guy over in Ilmeg. He can refurbish a 7x7 seven seven for you for just under 120000 <sighs> no. It's a It's a few years old, but it works just like new. I think it's going to be what you need. No, I... I, I... <sighs> I'm really upset about this one because the 18 by 18 teleporter puzzle movement grid is going to really help with my plantar fasciitis so I don't have to walk around. I like I think I mean if you if you if we maybe submit a claim to my insurance Maybe they'll cover this, you think? Well, we we could try that, but I've got to tell you, I've installed a dozen of these things, and in the past, insurance has not been particularly cooperative. <sighs> Dang it. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'm just going to have to hobble the rest of the 11 by 11 over to my fridge and that in the basement it says here that you wanted to have a series of boulders that emitted lasers and had retracting spikes on them yeah yeah that's I, for the rats i understand that the spikes are a popular uh, add-on this time of year you know what with the, with the winter coming up and everything yeah but uh again a little bit pricey those are about 1.4 million gil each and you wanted 15 of them yeah we, we can get you some rock boulders they're a little old-fashioned but they do still get the job done how can i be sure that a rock boulder is gonna get the, get my rat problem under control Man, what's the point of even? I'm feeling, you know, this is this is a real rough one to hear. I was really banking on on those fifteen spiked boulders with lasers coming out of each of the spikes to take care of my rodent infestation in my basement. Well, you know, I did I did do the full package for a guy last year, and he just I met him I met him at a barbecue the other day. He said to me, he said, Alex, you know, I regret the laser spike upgrade. I think I would have been fine with just the stone boulders. So you know, it may be a bit overkill. It may be a bit more than mm. you think you need. Mm. Mm. You know, I you know what what I really appreciate is that you're not trying to upsell me here. Most 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 you know contractors for home improvement projects really have tried to 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 push me past my budget so i'm gonna i'm gonna trust you here on oh. this one uh, yeah we'll go with the rock boulders i really appreciate your honesty well heidelin no you know here we that's all in the inspection fees okay i've already gotten my piece of you everything from here on out is just project focus uh, i that don't like that don't like that relationship okay cool well uh What's the last compromise? Well, there's this bit here where a number of arrows fire very rapidly at anyone who enters into the foyer. Yeah. Now, that's not a cost problem. The arrow shooters are relatively affordable, all mm-hmm. things considered. It cl- very, very classic system. But it, it does represent a bit of uh, an ADA violation. Although this is a private residence, there are still codes we need to submit to. And uh, anyone not fast enough to outrun the arrows would uh, have the ability to file suit. Well, um, here's the thing, right? This whole home improvement project is to really prevent, and I, you know, I'm hesitant to say this without having you sign any any sort of 
waiver, but I, I guess I'll be a little vague, you know, to protect you. This is for your protection, right? There just are things that people need to not get into for their own safety and the safety of the world around them and their loved ones. If you kind of oh, catch my drift. Are, are you referring to a storehouse of eldritch knowledge? I am, in a sense, uh, referring to possibly a storage of eldritch knowledge, possibly a cache of violently explosive sex paraphernalia. Well, why didn't you say so? You know, we've got an exemption form here for that. Okay. You just you just signed this affidavit, you know, guaranteeing the volatile nature of the contents. Okay. And I think we can get those permitting issues taken care of right away. That is a relief. I'm really glad we were able to come to kind of an understanding. Um, uh, real shame about the, the plantar fasciitis, though. I think my feet are going to hurt for a little while, but... You know, what can you do? Well, you know, my aunt my aunt had the same issue. She got some Dr. Scholl's and it didn't fix it, but it certainly made it easier. So if you can't afford the 18 by 18, maybe a good pair of shoes. I, Dr. Scholl, I, I swear to God. Or, you know, I'll look at my budget here at the show. Okay, so we're saving. I've got, looking at your table here, it looks like I've got about 100000 left. Um, yeah, maybe I can spend it on, on the shoes. Let me just open up the market board and see what the price of the newest shoes holy shit they're two million gil <laughs> is that the big fucking crafters are <laughs> gouging us fucking oh it's fucking patch day isn't it damn it This episode of Stormbuds, we make way for the Great Wood, throw some live bees around, and delve into the secrets of the Katana Ravel. Welcome to Stormbuds! This is the Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast of your dreams. I am your host of Light, Jerome Barbatsis. Joined with me is my co-host of Light, Alexander Hambrock. Say hello! You know, I've had a couple days to think about it. The thing with the bees is still... Does not make any sense to me. Uh, that's a that's a funny way to say hello. This episode, we're going to cover uh, the kind of the third act of the first half of uh, Stor- uh, oh, Shadowbringers. Boy. I mean, I guess po- pre-patch, post-patch, right? No, but- no, no. This is just all 5.0. So there's like six chapters, and we're on chapter three. This is the um, Raktika Greatwood segment, um, and... In it, we are around level 74, 75. Who cares? It's just, the, it's, just, this, it's just that chapter. It's the third chapter of the Shadowbringers main story quest in the expansion of Shadowbringers of Final Fantasy XIV. A Realm of Born Heavensward Stormblood Shadowbringers. <laughs> I should just say every expansion. Uh, that'll get fun. Um, well... Before we get into that, we do... Well, I guess I'll catch you up, won't I? I always catch you up. I try to catch yeah, you up. Give me the catch you up. Give me the call. Um, we, Warriors of Light, and our friends have been summoned to a reflection of our planet called the First, a separate planet that's in a different time pocket, I guess. Dimension? Dimension, really. Yeah, inter- you know, dimension. Phase? Something like that. And um, we are to forestall an oncoming calamity, an oncoming disaster, natural, well, not natural disaster, oncoming interplanetary disaster, um, wherein the planet that we are now on, that we've been summoned to, is about to be swallowed by solid light, 
It's terrifying. Yes, the, uh, light the elemental power, not just light like photons. And we are tasked with deal, uh, d- taking down the, the 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 keepers, the big bad monsters of that have the most light. The light wardens. The light wardens. Yes, that is our mission, and this is the third area we've one already done we've yeah we've done we've done two at this point go listen to the previous episodes if this is your first one one was like a weird lovecraft beast one was the king of the fairies uh-huh. and this one well <laughs> i think we'll get into it but first we've got to talk about our side quests and we're recording this episode oh less than a week yeah <laughs> not a whole <laughs> after the previous one so i don't know about you but i'm still playing tears of the kingdom <laughs> yeah you've been playing more of it than i have also i have yeah. not got you know what the last week has like been like for me yes. i've not had time to put any more time and you know what the game. last week has been like for me i've needed to put time into that uh-huh. <laughs> we've both had life events going on capital l capital e yes absolutely but we're still here for you Telling you about how what we experienced in the video game Final Fantasy fourteen because this podcast is the most important thing in my life. Um, as true, I love yeah, you, as for you. non okay, <laughs> okay. As for non video game content, um, why am I even bothered? What am I? What am I gonna say? I don't know. I don't. I don't watch things. Hey, you I know don't what? Read things. I watched that finale for Succession. It was a good goddamn episode of television. Mm. All those characters got what they deserved. All you people who are like, oh, why would Shiv do that? Oh, why'd she make that decision? The show gives you all the reasons. It has a complex interior psychology that is difficult to apprehend, but it is not that confusing. Shut up, my God. (laughs) Okay. Well. That's my side quest. (laughs) I have not seen a single episode of that show, and I plan on continuing not to do so until several years down the line when it becomes irrelevant, and then I'll be obsessed with it. I think that's that's a strategy. That's... (laughs) Oh, you might. I don't know if you'd love it or hate it. You might hate it, or you might love how I'm, monstrous these little. I might hate are. it. I don't know. I might hate it. It depends. Cool. Well, let's just get right into it. Um, I'm not going to apologize for how short that segment is because listen, the content we're about to talk about it's primo stuff. Oh, it's good. it's good stuff. This, yeah, this game ages. We're like getting a, into like the the wagyu beef of this game. Mm, Maybe not. Mm, we'll see. We'll see about that. We're getting to like the American Wagyu beef of this game. Hell yeah, there we go. Not, we've not made it overseas yet. Um, the first quest we start with is a quest called A Party Soon Divided. We talk to the end guy and he says that the Exarch is waiting to us. Yeah. Great, whatever. The gang is uh, almost all here, all our scions, except except for one cat lady. Uh, include, you know, including... Mr. Emmett Selk himself. He yes. stops by. He, Emmett Selk is here. He just announces his intentions to observe, and to do so, he'll just accompany us along the way to the Greatwood. Uh, he's also impressed by... He also mentions that he's impressed by the Exarch's ability to summon, which is nice of him. Um, mm-hmm. I guess he's just trying to which, yeah, make small talk. I Again, think. like the Asians, not all powerful, not even like universally able to access all types of abilities. Like the Exarch can do something he doesn't seem to be able to. Interesting. Interesting. So if we are... Able to kind of beat the lights, wardens, the Asian would consider us, you know, allies in this case. This is his intention. He wants us to be allies worthy of the truth. Um, and some decisions, he says, are to be made. And they, uh, uh, they're, they're, some important decisions are to be made. And they had best be made with the wisdom that only the eternal are privy to. Which, like, still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, we are very, ob- like, his desire is to have the first crash into the source to kick off another umbral calamity in order to mm-hmm. advance the bringing of Zodiac. 
are killing the light wardens is deliberately getting in the way of that strategy. In yeah. what in what possible way could our success ultimately lead to the advancement of his goals in a way that he would consider us allies? Just something I'm keeping in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like why why hasn't he stopped? It's weird. Uh, p- perhaps the thing that we think we're doing won't have the intended result. Perhaps not. Um, yes, but much like how we handled the empire before in Stormblood, where we're like, I don't know what the, we don't know what the hell Xenos's motivations are, but we know what our plan is. Uh, we're just going to press on into the Great Wood. Like, yes, it seems it seems like a bad idea because Emmett Selk isn't stopping us. It seems like a bad idea to continue, <laughs> but we have no we have no recourse. You're, you're kind of right. A lot of a lot of this game is just kind of being like, well, we think this plan's a bad one, but we don't have a different one, so narrative momentum is going to carry us forward. <laughs> like. Like, we're doing good for the zones, for mm-hmm. the people. We're bringing the night sky back. So we're just going to keep doing that, I guess. Um, and also, Yilmar's trying to stop us, so that's something. And also, Emmett Selk, just, it's impossible to interpret this guy. He's so all over the place. that, Like, <laughs> frankly, even I, as, like, the genre-savvy viewer, player, whatever, I'm, like, have no idea what to make of anything he says. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Um, great. So we press on, and we split the party. The twins thus head to their respective zones that we met them in of familiarity, so they will no longer be with us uh, for this chapter. Um, when the rest of us head to the as-of-yet-unseen by us, Rektika Greatwood. Yes. Uh, also, she, the she Exarch pre- is going to go to meet with Valtteri. Yeah, yeah. Yustila doesn't really seem to know, probably doesn't know much about, about what's going on with the Lightwarns and stuff, um, because the Exarch has had a hard time getting a hold of her. Uh, she seems to think she's not fond of the Exarch. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, you know, we'll we'll see more about that. But before we go, he reveals that he has a missive from Lord Vothry. You already mentioned this. Um, it's obviously a trap. Again, just like what we do with every other trap, like with Lise and the, the catfish. It's just like, this is obviously a trap, but we have to follow. <laughs> yeah, well, although this time I'm, I'm, I'm less certain of why. He's like, even if it's a trap, I have to go exchange a few words with Vothry. I'm like, do you? Why do you? Why do you need to talk to him? Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but before we head to the Great Wood, we should stop at Fort Jubb. Fort Jubb. Jubb. It's two Bs. Um, which is an old ruin of a sanctum of light. Clearly not in use anymore. People are not worshiping the light. There's yeah, too much of it. Kind of out of favor. Kind of not cool, dude. As tablet there of some archaeological value might prove a suitable, um, omiyage to <laughs> quell the rage of Ishtola. Okay. <laughs> that brings us to the quest A Little Faith. Which is, we, we go to Fort Jabub, and we uh, look around the temple, and up top is where they uh, used to worship the light until, you know, everything happened. And now the folks who are inclined to worship, they now worship the darkness, so they have a new chapel they built underground, but it's also abandoned, but whatever. And, um, right, because it's where they were before they moved to Raktika. Uh, and so, we're just like, we'll look around this abandoned temple and look for this tablet. And then the sniper interface pops up. Mm-hmm. We snipe that tablet after a little bit. It's like underneath a fucking little table. It took me a while, we, we, but I was also eating dinner. It took me a while, too. And then the, uh, our character just gestures wildly at it from like 40 feet away. Yeah. It's like, it's there. Look. Over there. <laughs> so helpful. Fun gift. Into the Dark is the next. Well, actually, hold on. We, we find the tablet. Sorry. I, I skipped my own notes. Riange remarks that it looks, it seems to even precede the Knights Blessed, possibly from the Ronkin Empire, which is the first time we have heard this word. It's the first time we've heard this word, and also, like, at this point, I'm imagining the Ronkin Empire is much like mm-hmm. many of the other sort of, like, decayed empires that we've seen, which is to say, like, I don't know, like, 
morally questionable. Well, that and also like 500 years old, 800 years old. Well, like we're, we're going to discover, no, the Ronkin Empire is like... It's quite old. Thousands of years old. It's quite old, yes. Um, before we go, Uriange points out that people don't... In, in the Knights Blessed, it is customary to not say your name out loud, lest the name itself get tainted by the light. But people, it does not, that rule does not apply to um, other people's names. So parents often will use their names to shield their children and sometimes disciple of their master. That All that to sort of lead up to the name that we are to refer to Yishtola is not her own, basically. Um, yeah, she's going by Master Matoya now. She's going by Master Matoya now. The Once we run into the zone, as we do with every other new zone, a narration kicks in. Uh, Ardbert gives us a little man cannot resist looking back on the path. He had passed. The untold secrets of the past can be more alluring, sort of stuff like that. Like, you know, as opposed to always looking to the future, sometimes you look to the bath, the bath, the past for inspiration. Yes, in search of mystery and wonder. For yes. in Ranka, all seekers of truths, of hidden truths are drawn. Hmm. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, yeah, the, the music in this zone absolutely rules. Possibly my favorite ambient music in the game so far. That's I'm really glad you think so. I fucking hate it. <laughs> really? You're not into this? Fucking god, it's so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. I've always hated it. I think you're right. Like I know, I know everyone else on release loved this. I'm like, God, this is gonna be a fucking meme, isn't it? And it's sure enough. Sure enough, it's just memed to death. It's so it's so it's so disruptive. Like every time you do like a, a tender quest, and then suddenly just ah, like, shut up, stop, <laughs> stop, please. It's so no. I'm like God. I can't wait for night to return, <laughs> so the music will change. Emmett Suck also shows up here as well, just like randomly walking between us. He just appears and is apparently like fucking with us throughout this entire. Go thing. forth, conquer and rule like the thing here is that like he's clearly like you know he's almost like he's mocking himself in terms of like look he founded the garlean empire he like you know led its expansionist conquest wave killed lots of people yada yada claimed territory etc and he's mocking the whole idea of that now and it's very clearly like look like the lives of you small people don't matter to me the rise and fall Pretty of your much. empires the like the the history of your kingdoms the the struggles of your peoples it, it, it doesn't matter it's all a joke to me yeah and it's like Good characterization. I still hate this dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's a total jerk. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? Um, there's he. He still kind of waxes a little bit of nostalgia, though, uh, for the olden days, right? Um, and he wants to. He's like. It doesn't matter, but he still wants to appear as though he's helping. And Minfilia asks him at this point that if he wants to stay, he can fight. Right? Hey, cool. I mean, that's a better way to ask, say the thing that Lee says. Yes. Um, but uh, he points out that the light's presence here is taxing on him, which is interesting. So he's not... Oh, I did not catch that. Okay. Yes. So yep. he's not quite at full power in this area where the light, you know, of his own machinations, right? So is it possible that by returning the darkness to the planet, we are making him stronger, which is maybe why he's not stopping us? I don't know. I mean, I do, but I want to point out that the game is sort of implying that to you at this point. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do know what's happening. <laughs> I've played okay. this before. Yeah, I, 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 I get it. Um, it's interesting. And uh, if you talk to him at this point, we yes, before we go, you said he, this. He, yeah, we we get we get an opportunity to ask him a question, and he says, like, if we talk to him outside of the dialogue, he a- we get to ask why he stays as Solus in the first. Like, why bother with that? Like, there's no Garlean Empire here. Um, turns out, Emmett just prefers to look the same uh, as he always does. 
He morphed some body he found into his own when he got here. I'm wondering if that wasn't the body of the merchant or something. Oh, the old dude. Yeah, there's no, there's no. I was looking for clues of it, but I'm like, I don't know. I guess it doesn't. There's like a million bodies, but like that would be really funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he points out that well, no, that guy got eight. Maybe not. He got sin. He got sin. He got his sin eight. Yeah, so Wait, there was did? no body. Okay. Well, well, Damn yeah, it. Well, my theory is debunked by myself. Debunked. Fuck. Point- <laughs> he points out that in comparison, La Habrea was rash and jumped from vessel to vessel without the, quote, toll it took on him, unquote, in mind. Um, so there is apparently a cost to doing these Dude's things, swapping bodies which rapidly. explains why he has all the clones back. So he just he thought ahead and La Habrea was a much more rash individual. So we get a bit of post post laha characterization I, i'm gonna of be, that guy i'm gonna be honest like and, and maybe like maybe after we get through like um and walker or whatever i'll go back and revisit some of this laha brea as a character is such a nothing in my head yeah yeah like yeah. I, I just I, I can't assign like any personality traits or anything to him really other than it, him being kind chaos. of tackling and yeah, evil yeah here's the thing they didn't know what they were gonna do with these Asians until sure 3.1 <laughs> It's not even like 3.0, right? They just then, they just at 3.0 when he died, and then suddenly this whole chain plot kicks into gear. Plot kinda. kicks into gear. We send the warriors of darkness off, or there are warriors of darkness show up, um, and things like that. Yeah, and we find Minfilia in the thing, and then that's when that's when the whole the real the real kind of arc began. It's very it's night and day basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, but when Thornton died, like the like immediately 3.1 is like, oh, this is a very different more thoughtful direction i'm sure that contrast shows up a lot more starkly like going back and playing it again too and the most you're gonna get for la habrea is a little bit of it might be a little ratconny okay (laughs) at times like this like oh apparently there was some care i don't know it is a it is a bit of a missed opportunity but they were just focused on survival um so i don't blame them okay anyway focusing on what's at hand when we get to the swamp it is burnt weird well there apparently was in the in the opening in like the launch not the launch trailer, the the opening cinematic of Shadowbringers, we did see that this camp was under fire, you know, on fire, presumably from the Children of Everlasting Dark. I think if you do the side quests around here, you'll get more story about that. But basically, this camp got burnt, uh, and Yustola is not there, nor is anyone else. Um, but before we leave, we are ambushed by the Knights Blessed. Yes, we are. They claim that we are the Sin Eaters, which is interesting. Emmett Selk makes a great point that, you know, all you do is just uh, make the locals mad. So he just disapparates. And they're like, well, one of them vanished. That's Sin Eater thing. I'm like, damn it. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, Emmett. <laughs> it's just so annoying. <laughs> a voice, uh, uh, you still, his voice stops the dialogue. Back yeah. And forth like, between, you're, like, we are Sin Eaters. No, you're not. No, you're Sin Eaters. No, we're not. You're sin- Why are you talking? Because we're not Sin Eaters. But you are Sin Eaters. Like, God she asked for a report and she and she's referred to as you know master matoya at this point by I, one I, runar my, my note here says and damn she looks fine wow yeah, elaborate i don't know i think her new costume is really cool oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> moving right along she remarks that her ether eyes saw an intense light which explains this ambush um you know not unlike a sin eater Rianje helps convince her of who we are, and and also so does our voice line. Yeah, no, this, not our voice this, line. Our this voice. Is, our, this our is super interesting. Choice. I mean, yeah. like we'll, we'll touch on it a bit more, but not a ton in this patch content. But like whatever's happening to me is changing, like the way that I appear in the ether to a point where I was completely unrecognizable to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make our like she hears our voice and acquiesces. Um, they lower their weapons and we make our way to 
uh, a little gathering called Slitherbow together. Yeah, also I want to clarify here. The Knights Blessed, who you're referring to, N-I-G-H-T apostrophe S, blessed, yeah. as in like they are blessed by the knight, yeah. not they are an order of knights who are blessed. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Just Sure. Yeah. Sure. They are people who worship the darkness. Absolutely. The we, Well, this whole freaking planet does. We give her the cliff notes of the story thus far. Um, she is not, at this point, she reveals that she's not as trusting of the Exarch as we are. She's annoyed by the fact that he keeps lots of secrets and doesn't answer questions. Fair point. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. I am too. As for our Light Warden Hunt, she does believe that it would be in a region called the Ixmaya, a site of ancient Runcan relics and uh, ruins, but are, they are fiercely guarded by descendants of warriors of the Empire. Shit. This uh, tablet that we now give her arrives a little conveniently. Too convenient. She's like, man, the Exarch like keeps he doing this. Knew, it's almost like he already knew where it was. Like, like, the Exarch like, constantly is doing these like ser- seemingly serendipitous things that like obviously he planned. Yeah. He's just moving around like pawns in his own game, you know. Um, but whatever the Exarch's up to, it is still valuable in uncovering the truths of the world. So whatever, that's her jam. She'll just do it. Um, yeah, she does also, she prods Thancred a little bit about well, his struggle to well, come. Well, no, no, Thancred prods her. Okay, Thancred, Thancred, Thancred started prods her, it. She prods Thancred, says, Thancred <laughs> says, he points out like, oh, it's weird how well adjusted you are to all this. And she's just like, why don't you worry about your own shit with regards to uh, your companion that you're very clearly <laughs> on edge about all the time. And he says, he's like, why would you bring that up in front of everyone? And he storms off. And it's like, you bring it up in front of everyone every time you fucking snap at her. <laughs> Honestly, like, yeah, he baby storms off and Minfilia sort of sort of defends him. Like, listen, he doesn't like, it's not his fault. And I'm like, he's, but she points out that, you know, he, he, he knows, right? But she points out, she, yeah, he knows that you're not his Minfilia, but... He doesn't accept it. Yes. Oh my God. No. This is the thing. Like, 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 Minfilia is kind of like, oh, he knows I'm not her. That's why he's upset. And Ishtola is like the first major character to like ask this girl about herself or just talk to her about herself. Yeah. And it's like, like, no, like, this is your life, not his. Your circumstances are your own. It's weird. It's this. This is weird. It's weird for all of us. And I'm just saying it. Like, like, and like, I'm, I'm genuinely curious, and we'll see if we get into it more. But like, how often has Minfilia, this character, how often has anyone in her life told her that since childhood? That like, like, it sure seems to me like she has spent her entire life basically in being service. instrumentalized yeah. by other people. Um, well, Yustola is as Yustola does, just saying things out loud bluntly. <laughs> That's just <laughs> no. She's how great. she's always been. It's great. I've never had like strong opinions about her before, but I am a huge fan of how she is at the start of this. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's she did, she did basically the same thing to the the admiral. Right um, at the start, um, and if you start, we, you didn't start in Limsa Lominsa, but she has, or yeah, and if you start as a Marauder or Arcanist, I think it was, those are the only two. Yeah, I think there were only two that started at Limsa. Um, you get her, and then you get more of that nonsense because she doesn't put up with the shit. Um, so she's always been kind of one of the most popular characters, and. In Shadowbringers, it does her justice. A day in the neighborhood is the next quest. Uh, anyway, that was weird. <laughs> she, she does say here, um, she's not indifferent to Thancred's troubles, but she won't apologize for holding him to a higher standard, which is a nice way of saying, be a goddamn adult about this. <laughs> Love it. Um, we uh, She directs us while she goes to um, decipher the tablets with Orianger's help. Let's go talk to the lion man, uh, Runar, to get 
a tour of the town, and Minfilia offers to join us, which and, is nice. And to learn about how much everyone here loves Lishola. Yeah. She showed up a couple years ago, and she's fit right in. You, she does a nice little... Uh, we, we go... Well, before we do anything, though, we get... Runar takes us into his cave and does a nice little water sport ritual on us. I was uh, going to say you get baptized, but sure, that too. <laughs> I think mine's less offensive. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do this thing where people who come back from like you know out in the land of the light have to like get washed with water to symbolically what doc- or literally water. cleanse the power of the yeah light from norm- them. we we mentioned a tingling uh both both uh Minfili and i are like that tingled weird like because it was blessed uh, it has apparently a small dark aspect to it and um runar mentions that's not normal <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> probably fine. You're probably fine. Now we get to go use the the, the chat box and say "Alintuta, Alintuta." We go greet everyone. And everyone's very nice and. It's happy. a drunken greeting. Alintuta, 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 Yututa, Yututa the Alan. Didn't I say we're Italian? <laughs> okay, a helping hand <laughs> is the next quest. Time for us to do favors around town in exchange for food and lodging. Time for chores. We water the garden. <laughs> we, we, on a 45 second timer for no reason there's no there's no puzzle here we don't need to like navigate the terrain in any way the pot's cracked alexander (laughs) it's just we put the water in the pot and then we have to walk in the straight line to pour it out and i guess if we hung around for too long before we started moving we might take too long don't you dare go and show this water jug to the rest of the civilians That is unacceptable. You'll get water everywhere. There's only so much of it. Uh, yeah, we go... Okay, but we, we, we do this, and then we get some backstory on their faith. You know, uh, they emerged from a time of despair. All the old faiths seemed ru- worthless and ruined, but a new one emerged, mm. and it's the belief that the souls of those who have died could find peace beyond sort of the burning veil that encompasses the world and out into the darkness above. Yeah, sure. That's not the, that's not the poignant part, though. Uh, the poignant part is that Minfilia asks her, why do you live here as opposed to just going to the Crystarium or our other settlement? And the Knights Blessed believe, um, since they have lost so much, they understand the impermanence of the materi- of material goods, and they ask not for more than they actually need, and they instead use that energy to value the connections they have and the legacy they leave behind, that they might kind of last you know, in, in in some ways last forever over all these materials that are being lost in the instant to the ever encroaching light. And I thought that was a really touching um, sentiment. Yeah, no, genuinely, like, they seem to be handling circumstances the best emotionally of anyone. Like, it's mm-hmm. still not good, but they have found a way to sort of, like find ways to to, to to have sort of, like, a healthy spiritual and emotional life in relation to the hardships they It face. certainly is the least bleak yes. place Maybe I don't know. I don't know if the Crystarium is is also not like I think there's a lot of hope there too. But I think outside of the Crystarium, it is certainly the most well adjusted, which helps because then we learn. We she mentions a, a a tribe member who had helped water the garden before we got there that had recently passed. Um, uh, Tadia, I guess her name was. I yes, think I have that written down. She recently perished in the wood in the following quest: lost but not forgotten. I did it. I tied it in. And we have reports of sin eaters, however, gather, gathering around where her heart stone is. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I typed hearthstone <laughs> in the, in my notes. Uh, this is a sacred necklace given to each tribe member at Oh, birth. God damn it. My notes say hearthstone. Oh. 
this is a sacred deck of cards no this is a it's also a sacred you know a sacred stone that takes you back to the inn every half hour <laughs> it's like oh it, you haven't even played world of warcraft but no whatever. i haven't <laughs> i think it's down to 15 minutes now but it doesn't matter the um the point is it's kind of a you know sacred it's a, it's a keepsake that you're supposed to keep for the rest of your life until your death i as um a scatterbrain child would have lost it by the around by around the age eight <laughs> so i don't know i don't think my tribe would have appreciated that had i been uh part of a culture that did this um slipping another one on the down though and be like yeah. don't tell anyone yeah yeah, yeah 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 um i know that it, like so so customarily though the, the issue is that this the stone is buried with the with those that die Right, um, no longer possible because there are some powerful sin eaters guarding where it was last seen. Yeah, uh, alas, we're here to help because we're not. You know, we don't get, we don't feel the touch. We say no. The 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 the, the sin eaters understand consent with us. When they kiss us, we do not feel alive. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Minfilia wants to help out also because uh, she's also safe from the influence, and she wants to be more active and like go out and do things. Which just uh, and she says here she does so knowing that she can't just can't stand by while people suffer. Yes, of her own volition. And Thanker's not even around because he stormed off. He's yes. not telling her to do anything, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, out in the wood, we run into the uh, angelic sin eaters. We're familiar with these. We split them up one v and one v one both of them. And to Minfilia's credit, she survives. Yeah, no, I, I was fully expecting for her to get like injured and us bring her back to the camp, and then Thank would be all upset because she got hurt like, no, while this, he wasn't watching or whatever. But no, nope. she kicks ass. Mm-hmm. She- <laughs> uh, so, and then we, uh, she's a bit worn out, but then we go search for the rock. We find it. We find it, a glowing, one of the three glowing things that has a rock in it. And Minfilia's like, oh man, you're so awesome. Oh, I have so far to go. Oh, what was me? I have so far to go in this rock hunting gig. Okay, the next okay. rock you'll get. S- saying goodbye. Next quest. Mm-hmm. Funeral time. Time for the service. Yep. Yeah, we offer our. You know, the everyone gathers in a chamber um, called the darker. Called the darker. It has a bunch of blue blue flame candles everywhere as as votives. Yeah. You know, like that movie you once advertised. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dark pool in the center, and we offer. Uh, we we go. We uh, we offer our prayers and. Um, the uh the 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 stone bearer uh comes on a and brings her jade stone on a in a pillow and offers it to night's sweet embrace quote unquote symbolized by the deep the dark pool in the center of the cave mm-hmm. um we are weirdly standing while everyone else is sitting for this entire service i don't know we have a sit animation <laughs> we probably could have used that to maybe be a little more respectful but whatever we, just, we, we wanted to see in the pool we needed to see what was in the bottom of the pool we could do it with camera technology <laughs> the, when the stone hits uh the, yeah he uh, runar is officiating this and he says some nice things about her um you know about about how she contributed to the town and she, he drops the stone into the pool when it hits the bottom of the well it, it begins to glow among all the other heart stones um yeah, like, almost like a, like a like a mimic cry of the night sky above yeah and a mimic cry i'm not sure almost like a imitation of the night sky above nothing of that nothing could possibly go wrong <laughs> you just did a nothing could possibly go wrong moment it's mimicry isn't it Am you're I- correct <laughs> i'm moving on <laughs> almost like an imitation of the night sky above yeah, yeah yeah he does he offers a prayer directly to the warrior of darkness to deliver her unto paradise everlasting hey that's us yeah, and I think this is touching, um, but it doesn't. 
it doesn't feel like this is for us specifically. Like, I don't think that our character has lost any motivation to go on or is not is questioning the resolve. Yeah. I think this is more for Minfilia's sake, I, I weirdly. Was, I was going to say, we're, there's some motivation stuff a little further on I'll touch on also, but yes. It, it, I feel like it, if something like this came later when things were harder, maybe mm-hmm. it would... Still, I mean, it's still like a little sad, but actually, no, it is right here. Yeah, it's so Ishtola talks about how the legend of the warrior darkness is in large part due to these people, and that uh, you know, uh, Tadia was devout, she would have loved to meet me. Um, Minfilia says something like, You might not be able to literally bear her soul above, but you could give them the night sky back. So, if we don't, who will? And I was like, See, this would be a payoff to Minfilia having doubts or being uncertain about her path and about our path together. But she's always sort of, to me, been bought in on everything that we're doing. So it's, I don't know, it just, this plays like it's meant to be like, you know, we were like, we were or she was or someone was doubtful of what we're doing here. But I was like, but everyone's always been bought in on the quest. So we're just, now we're more bought in on the quest? Okay, sure, fine. The game does present this as like an emotional payoff to attention that it didn't really set up in a way that was notable enough that I wrote it down here. It's not wrong exactly, but it it did strike me as like just a, a little, the timing was odd. Anyway, but that gets us to the next quest, which is called Stirring Up Trouble. Yes, the tablet turns out, uh, she's not finished, but she knows enough to tell us, okay, uh, she being Yishtola, that, that the tablet has instructions basically, that it was a petition of aid of of your to to neighboring nations to assist Ronka in a I think a war effort was it I, I think so and this was the moment where I was like oh it's not a tablet because it's got magic runes on it it's a tablet because this is from before they had invented paper yeah <laughs> this is old while the uh, it is quite insufficient on its own to get us full instructions. We are likely to find more modern versions of such a request in the possession of a neighboring tribe yeah it's like we need to get like the ronquetta stone basically mm-hmm. we need to find like a thing that will allow her to fully translate the text because it will be it'll have more updated versions of similar text on it yeah yeah, yeah. that uh, however this tribe is uh basically they just want to kill everyone instead to purge the light out of them instead of like actually trying to live they're called the children of everlasting dark um and we don't get too much time with them but there's plenty of side quests if you want yeah, that stuff, they, they yeah. just like they're like the the dark faction who wants to murder everyone, basically. And they, well, I mean, yeah, just just it's a very different interpretation of what it would mean to bring darkness to people. Yeah, um, Thancred and Yustela and I are well, we I guess are to infiltrate the HQ of the Everlasting Dark to get that knowledge. Yeah, on the way we run into a patrol person who was trying to scout the children out um, because they've been acting weird, um, and he once we kill the person attacking him we noticed that they he, he notices that they've been breeding a lot of venomous spiders like way very more. specifically like they're planning like they, they're planning something and it hinges around having a lot of venomous spiders hey 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 actually i'm a go <laughs> I'm a, fucking, I'm a fucking leave because that's <laughs> i don't want to deal with that what if instead of leaving we did the natural counterplay to that and unleashed a bunch of bees on their spider nests i think that i, I don't you know um here that's the plan i guess so we're gonna go smoke bomb some bees to trap them in to a unleash bag. them on the spiders we're gonna put the bees in the bag okay but to smoke bomb the bees we have to feed a cookie to a goat I got a call from a tribe in the northern woods about some venomous spiders, and I had the tool for the job. 
So to get the bees, <laughs> to get the bees under control, I had to feed my cookie to a goat to, for the goat to produce smoke. Is that what happened? I it think is- that's what happened. The cookie to the goat, and then I take the smoke bomb to the bomb casing around the smoke because it's a goat fart bomb and I smoked the bees out and I looked for the queen bee and I put the queen bee in its little in the queen bee clip that I have you know I always have one of those queen bee clips you've seen me you've seen me on TikTok doing this so I put that in my bag and all the bees followed and then we took the bag of bees and we hurled it hurled it into an open hole in the cave and the bee bag opened perfectly and the bee and it was another day of throwing the bees at the venomous spiders to distract the guards so that we could take the 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 Rosetta stone for the Ronkin empire you know every now and then i have this small fear in the back of my head that this podcast might possibly get a bit too predictable and then something like that happens and my expectations are completely reset so yeah we do we do that we <laughs> We just throw the bees in through like a hole in the wall, and then we hear from inside that it appears that, that the bees are in fact attacking the spiders, and everyone is various alarms and discursions. And so, um, another successful day of <laughs> killing the spiders. And so, we just walk in, and there's some mobs in here that maybe would aggro me if I wasn't already level 80. We just walk into their temple yeah. and then into like the secret inner, ta- inner chamber of the temple, well, and then we find the tablet. Yeah, this is all part of the quest. A beautiful plan, by the way. Yes. We didn't. I don't think I mentioned that in my tirade. Uh, there's some murals here. While, well, so we get a big look at the stone tablet. It's a big, tall thing. And there's some murals here that we're tasked with um, sniping. Which, uh, comment about this, actually. I like these murals a lot. They look way closer to actual like cave paintings than yeah. video game murals often do. It's not like in the start of Tears of the Kingdom when it's like this <laughs> clearly laid out like narrative structure of like events that happened <laughs> like it's a storyboard these look a lot more like things that like ancient people would actually put on a wall <laughs> uh kudos kudos to the art team for making uh cave paintings that look appropriate however one one of them depicts a, you know some uh crude you know, crude it's a judgmental word but some rudimentary people triumphing over a cre- creature of shadow the next is a much more different art style of a like a, per, a big person looking over a bunch of small people. Um, and then there's a third one that looks to be like a paladin, a healer, a mage, an archer, and a someone else fighting some dark tentacle thing. Who could that be? Ardbert jump scare. Ha! It's Ardbert. That's me. It's Ardbert. <laughs> That's me. No, uh, he jumps he- over our shoulder. We're like, ha! The, the story here is actually super cool. There was a, there was a man who Ardbert before everything went down before the lights all went bad. Ardbert knew a man who was a researcher here. He was one of their quest givers basically, and um, he believed that the first painting on this wall was a tribute to the uh, heroes back in the day of ancient Ranka. And then, like you know, hundreds, thousands of years later, an explorer of Ranka added another painting to commemorate, like you know, a heroic event in their time. And then it seems like in Ardbert's time, the third mural wasn't here. So the, the the man, the researcher in this cave, you know, added a third to represent the warriors of darkness. You know, Ardbert and his companions, and, and the warriors of light. Yeah, I guess Warriors of Light at that point, yeah. yeah. And, like, it's very sweet. Like, you know, it's a it's a, a continuity of history. It's that, like, all of this is sort of part of this chain of, you know, human events that goes back to, like, you know, the, the dawn of history. Right. Uh, he, um, 
all, all of the murals are also very conveniently spaced out. Yes. <laughs> in this wall. They really thought ahead, um, which was very considerate of the ancient Ronkins. Yeah, sorry, uh, we're using the sniper face interface again to yeah, look at I these. I did say, yeah, we yeah we, we pull out our rifle and we <laughs> look directly at these paintings. Um, he, he muses, you know, about our current deeds and will they warrant something of this nature? No, but I do want to b- take a hard left into real life and learn about my own real life ancestor oh, who yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, you're so hyped about this. <laughs> I want to talk about him. Okay, his name is Cosmas Barbatsis and he has a statue in Spetses, Attica, Greece called, you could Google this, Fireship Captain Barbatsis. <laughs> He was, um, which is, it's wild. And my dad went there to visit and I, he told us all about it. I think I was too young to really remember anything, but yeah, uh, he's, I uh, have apparently family there and stuff. But the, the, the thing about this guy was that he was a fire ship captain and his ship was the first to fire back in the Greek war of independence, uh, against the Turks. And he turned, he, he got them out of Attica, basically, by starting the momentum, leading the charge. Um, and as such, they made a statue of him. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. I think you need to go see that statue. I know. I'm so excited now. I, I bet it's going to look exactly like you. It's uh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, Very, yes. I have been called statuesque. <laughs> I think he's like my ancestor. I think he's like my great times, either great times four or great times five, you know, early 1800s. That'd so. be about right, yeah. Yeah, one of the two. Um, but that's, uh, that's what I was reminded of when I did this quest. I thought that was pretty neat. And I think that's a pretty neat anecdote that has nothing to do with Final Fantasy XIV, but I'm proud of it. No, but it's a cool piece of family history. It's like, pretty, pretty that's direct. Pretty, that's pretty rad. Um, uh, the upcoming quest is an unwanted proposal. So we, we get, we get a nice impression of that tablet or whatever. Um, and Runar will, uh, we're successful mission. Uh, we head back, and Yustola says, okay, I gotta go translate this, but Runar will likely be eager to show off his cooking. He had mentioned, I didn't write it down, yeah, but he had mentioned that stew. he wanted to make a warm meal for us. So we're getting, mm-hmm. you know, stew scene number two of the expansion. Oh, man. I, I didn't eat dinner before I came here, and I kind of want to go home and make I, stew, but it I takes did. Like six hours. I did eat dinner before I came, before you came here, and I maybe shouldn't have, because uh, I don't think my blood sugar is at the right level at the moment, but I was fine on my car. Listen, okay. <laughs> I was uh, avoided the carbs, so we're, we should be good. We're learning. We're learning lots of things. We're learning lots of things. We should, we should, maybe you should come over later. Anyway, uh, Runar, um, you know, it's like, hey, go get your stola, and we do. But from outside her door, we uh, hear her and Ariane arguing, mm-hmm. and uh, she in particular is like, you know, she's like, why are you keeping this from him? Why are you hiding this? Also, fuck the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Right. The argument starts there, but then it turns into an argument about the fact that something something appears to be up with my ether. And Urianje probably knows it, and Ishtola definitely sees it, and she's mad at him for not telling me about it. Like, some kind of corruption is happening in my ether as a result of absorbing um, the uh, like the light from all these light wardens. Ishtola is a Mets fan through and through. <laughs> And Yurianche is like, nay, <laughs> the red socket do. And I like, can't do it. She fears that the light that poured in from the wardens hasn't been diffused at all, that I've just absorbed all of it, which is like, I I thought that's what I was doing. I thought that, I, that like, the fact that that was, 
I don't know. The, again, the metaphysics of what's been happening when I mm. absorb the light ward energy aren't super clear to me. I thought because I have the blessing of light, it makes me a vessel that can hold the light from the light wardens. Yeah. I was going to say Yankee stand, but that seemed wrong. Right, you're and I also that. don't okay. and I don't know. I don't know if the Mets and the Red Sox have a rivalry. I mean, they're still different teams. Um, but like I was like I know a little bit about the, the Yankees are they're kind of, you know, they're the they're 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 sort of the Imperials, you know, right? That's that's my understanding. And Yishol is not that. Sure, we'll go with that analogy. Okay, okay. I mean, maybe uh, like Maybe hopefully when she gets back, she can she and and Gaius can have a good talk about baseball. I'm sure they would really. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Gaius is a baseball guy. Gaius he really, really loves baseball. In, into the history of it, he likes like you know the statistics. hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you remember that argument that that tirade he went in on the elevator. <laughs> so Uriange needs a little bit more data before confronting us about our light. And Yushola is unhappy about this. And, like, man, I, we get, like, character conflict between the science so rarely that I'm always rooting for it when it happens. It's like, yes, argue. Have different perspectives on things. Do it. Do it. Um, and, I mean, what's not helping is, is that Oriange has is, you know, prone to his secrets as well. And Yushola hates that. Stop and, it. And she also, she asks him a question I had not even considered. Mm. But, like, she asks oh, him, yes. hey, that vision that you told us about, about the Was- world's crashing into each other and everyone dying... Did that even happen? Was that real? And, and that's he, like, I, it's such a good question because it's like, you know, why, why would it just be him? Mm-hmm. Right. The, the one person that has a little, like uh, that we know of now or no, before we're arriving to the fucking one of two people <laughs> that we're allied with now that are prone to secrecy. Right. Um, is it, is that, is that the truth or is that, you know, and I think what she's getting at is like, is he being put up to something by mm-hmm. the exarch? Yeah, and he hesitates. Like he he doesn't answer, and then screaming outside, "Oh no, distraction!" End of scene. Yeah, the the Umorians have come. They've come. Yes, yeah, they've come to attack. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, in Yulmore. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is where the uh, the dialogue between the exarch and uh, Vothri begins. They start the exarch walks in and offers some lovely disingenuous pleasantries and Vothri dispels them immediately. He's so colloquial here. Like he, yeah. like like the exarch never talks like this. But he's just like, "Oh yeah, how long has it been? You know, I, I haven't been since your inauguration. You're looking good as always. Thank you for the invitation." Yes, yes. Um Vothri sees right through it. He lays the situation bare. The Crystarium is getting in the way of Yulmore stopping the warriors of darkness from bringing the night sky back. Uh, Uno reverse from the Exarch saying it's weird that Yulmar is not helping out with the with bringing the darkness back and what could they have to gain from this Vothri repeats what he's always said which is interesting here he just says even with the he says it's pointless he also further um, extrapolates upon his logic you know supposing the sin eaters are dead the world is so small that people couldn't even make a living but he says does so as the camera pans over a giant bowl of fruits wines rare cuts of meat and a giant bowl of paella with a roast turkey steaming in the background <laughs> like there's clearly enough for for, for you for, for for you here and I, like um 
it, it's very it's very well done. <laughs> I, yeah, like I I don't think Valtteri is a very complicated character. I I I don't even know that he's that duplicitous. I think he believes what he says. I think that whether well, he believes everyone else is going to suffer except for him. Yeah, he, he, I think that he has worked himself backwards into believing a couple of things. One, the, the futility. Like he doesn't think the world can be saved. He thinks that it is ultimately doomed, and that nothing can be done to change that fact. And two, obviously, he was in a good position. Like like. I guess not like in a good position, but like two, obviously the arrangement that he has put together here benefits him greatly. And he's come up with various justifications for why, therefore the only way that things can or should be is the one that personally benefits him a lot. Yeah. And it is just, you know, he fancies himself a just sort of literally a, a, a God really that he has this superpower of controlling these sin eaters conveniently. Yes. Um, and it will grant the rest of the world peace and order, you know, those things that light to the light brings. You know, why are we turning our back from the light? We're supposed to love the light, right? This that's the whole sort of point of the like we we, we just spent, you know, three expansions yeah. doing uh, three 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 chapters of this game, three arcs of this game doing doing light stuff. So why suddenly now? Uh, yeah, the, he's definitely like he's developing delusions of grandeur for sure. I'm I bet like if you wanted me <laughs> if I'm putting odds on this right now, I'm guessing that the um the five final fight is gonna be against whatever primal he turns into. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, this, so he points but, out the, 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 he thinks that the sin, the sin eaters are here to just sort of unite everyone in this, you know, sort of as salvation, kind of like, you know, angels would, I guess, bring salvation to everyone. Um, so there's a little bit there, but why? I just think, he, I think this guy is fundamentally just kind of like a he, greedy, selfish prick. He claims that people, he probably is projecting here that people don't care about the future and, you know, who cares about like a paradise that nobody can have immediately. Um, and he's, I th- noted some interesting comparisons here. One is that he has maybe like 50% of Emmett's worldview about like people don't care, like see in front of their face. Um, and all of this is meaningless. Right. Um, but he doesn't share he, his, he's also proving Emmett's point in a way yes. <laughs> that like people are just going to squabble over nothing because people like him will squabble over nothing. Um, so interesting point, interesting comparison to be made about our two antagonists, because um, Emmett Selk is as ske- Emmett Selk is scheming, and Vothri kind of isn't. Yeah, you know, no, Vothri is just sort of like I don't think he has plots. I don't think that he has a lot of intrigue going he on. He just has power. He, yeah, he has power, and he has his motivations, and he does what he can to preserve the former to do the latter. Yeah, the Exarch openly rejects him, claiming that the people care people people care more about the future than he may think, and. Uh, he opposes the existence of sin eaters. The milit- uh like, and Vothri just sort of tries to pull an Ozymandias. Spoilers for Watchmen, you know, like the the oh, the army's already on their way. You think I was going to wait? And then um, he tries to cast a spell, which looks pretty purple, looks pretty dark, but whatever. Yeah. On on the Exarch, who is merely an illusion, because that would be the dumbest thing in the world to, to actually show up. And then Vothri has another baby rage, which is always good. He will not stand for this. He's became Sean Connery. Yeah. Ranjit, <laughs> cut to Ranjit, already having made it to Slitherbow, declares that Yulmore uh, now governs the Greatwood, which uh, that's presumptuous. Uh, and but he does, already... so, he does so on the foot of a uh, wounded uh, Knight's Blessed member. He's come into an accord with the children of Everlasting Dark. Who very seem, rapidly. Very, very to- quick deal. Totally on board with this, weirdly. They're like, you would think that they would just want to kill everyone, but 
No, I guess not. I, I mean, because they don't want to kill the Umorans. Basically, it's like look, like like because like the the Umorans are like giving the children of the night like yeah. total like local control, like b- b- making them like you know the recognized authority in the area. They claim that the Knights Blessed, with their you know with their perverse religion, have held the shadow at bay. Uh, obviously, because there are two other zones, you know, they say the word zones. There are two other regions with <laughs> with with the night coming back but not Raktika isn't that weird right so they just sort of spin it uh, not fully understanding what's going on um and so they want to take control of the zone with the help of Yulmore to bring the knight back um right yeah Valtteri's like Valtteri will recognize their worship as like the only valid faith and give them like you know justification to wipe out all other sort of faiths I I would think maybe Ranjit would take issue with this but he is probably down to just let the tribes fight it out yeah sure like he's thinking ahead Ranjit is thinking ahead and Valtteri's not the ultimatum is thus the knights blessed must convert or die creepy yep hate that um uh, so, but in 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 the face of uh, religious cleansing, Ishtola seems ever motivated to press onward. Given that we've now fully deciphered the tablet and its more modern counterpart, obviously they've left at this point. It's like, like they've given it, us time to prepare. It's almost like like we're on the back foot here. The more time we spend trying to deal with this, like the worse it's going to get. We just need to go deal with the light warden as quick as possible yes. and get the Yulmorns out of here. So the instructions: uh, we need to obtain a seal used to identify allies of Ranka, and we can go find one in the subaquatic ruins in that lake we've been running around. So f- next quest: put it to the proof or put to the proof. Yeah, we, we go. We go to the lake. We dive underwater. There's no, there's not a whole lot of scene work here or character. It's just, it's a fun exploration quest. You go in. It's not. I mean, you just go in and you touch some statues in the right order. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I it's enjoyed really this. cool architecture. It's the first sampling that we get of Runkin architecture, um, Mayan inspired, very much so. Um, I'll have thoughts about that later. Like, uh, my maybe, uh, yeah, it's definitely like, you know, pre-colonial Latin American. Yes. Um, inspired so maybe some some hybrid of incan mayan aztec mm-hmm. um kind of things going on indigenous tribe like it's it's that sort of vibe happening but with a with a touch of you know lasers which is a nice twist like it's not just that like there's still some technology here um that's at play um so that that's a nice sort of contrast to the usual implementation of this uh, we get the we get the coin basically. We get the thing. We get the thing into the wood. Into the woods without delay. Once we have the coin, we move eastward to Ixmaya, where are beset where we are beset with. Soup, 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 soup. Oh no, we're under attack. Soup. There's arrows. Those are arrow noises. The air, you get it. More Viera. So um, one thing. <laughs> one thing I, I I regret that I didn't mention before that that. They're guarded by the Zvira women, right? But Yishtola yes. before mentioned... Amazonian tribe, yeah. yeah before Yishtola mentioned that they shot to kill without warning. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Here they, they did not negotiate. Here they are very clearly shooting with warning and then saying words telling us to get out. <laughs> I... So it's like it's like it's like this tribe of like Viera warrior they could have women. Just, yeah, they could have just not said that they were actually going to kill them. Yeah, I don't know why they set that up. Like <laughs> all of them here, like their costumes are very cool. Yeah. Except why are they all in stilettos? It's the one bit I'm not sure. This is just the model. <laughs> they're like they're like it's like 
fairly good by Final Fantasy standards, reasonably practical, sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that you might like see on like, like, a, like, a, like a group of people who like live like, you know, in the woods like rangers or whatever, and they're all on stiletto heels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for anything under than four inches and you get cast out of the wood. <laughs> That's why they have those moving platforms. <laughs> See, so they don't have to walk so much in their, in their heels. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's like in the fucking trailer for the new Barbie movie when they step out, their feet just stay, stay up. flat. Yeah, they're, my feet are flat. Oh, basically. Um, so there's some cool choreographed fighting happening here. Thancred blocks some arrows with his gun blade. Yustola uh, dances with a, a lancer um, with her holds off holds her off with his staff and before she gets got she pulls out the coin and says hey no look at this and then the rabbit lady kind of sniffs it <laughs> she's like oh, what that's <laughs> very cute and, at this point <laughs> at this point i was thoroughly like what is going on it has been thousands of years you're telling me they've just been hanging out here waiting for someone to show up with the amulet yeah and like well, it turns out they live a long time, so it's not quite as bad as it seems. But it's, I'm still they live long, long for you know elven standards. Even like they live like eleven elven lifetimes, and elven elves live like eleven people or people. They're all people. Okay, like human lifetimes. That makes this much more reasonable because otherwise, the idea that that the, so they're like daughters. You know, there's like their yeah. moms that told them to do this. They don't. They obviously don't look that way because otherwise, like the, the fact that there's no cultural drift here whatsoever. That they just hang out in the woods and like do this for thousands of years makes no sense no that make their elves are long lived they like they're committed to this cause etc etc that makes sense yeah um so after some choreo coin yada yada uh they tell us to meet them back in their village following the azure flowers uh there's and there's strangers just stray from the path two notes here that i have one the flowers branch off in like five directions (laughs) this is garbage two there are monsters on the path anyway (laughs) it's dangerous to stay on the path so we're we're what was (laughs) fuck you (laughs) you know we just go to the map marker in their very cool tolkien-esque elf tree village yeah yeah we make make it there and that's basically the end of the quest uh top of the tree go ahead you give us that one i gotta have a sip of water yeah sure i mean we, we get there um we, we meet uh almet their leader uh Uymet, the purple-haired younger sister yeah. and simon the redhead um they we show them the seal and they inspect it for for like its authenticity and then they're super welcoming and they bite down on it yeah and I'm kind of like, so just, that's it? Like, what if a bad person had gotten a hold of it and brought it in here and showed it to you? Well, bad people don't know how to touch the 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 owl statue, then the Opo Opo statue, and then the wolf statue in that order. I think snake statue first, but yes. Remember an up camp, Upper Bronze Lake, with Camp Bronze Lake, with the whistling? Bad people don't know how to whistle in those three spots. Okay, top of the tree. Yeah, Almet tells us more. What if the children of the Everlasting Dark translated their own tablet? (laughs) 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 It's a little contrived. I'm just saying they they, they flipped a coin and we happen to be the good ones. Okay. Almet tells us, uh, yeah, the the descendants of the Royal Guard of the Empire of Ronka, to this day they carry out the Emperor's last order, which was to protect the knowledge of of the Ronka, let it set fall into the hands of the wicked. Keep it secret, keep it safe. That is their literal line. I did not make that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that's true. That is a reference that is made in this game. Yeah, okay. And here's where they explain the longevity and stuff. And after the flood of light, all their settlements have been wiped out. This is the last one of its kind. Hmm. Their numbers dwindle every year. Um, 
and and like and they don't know where the light warden makes its lair, but they uh but so we ask around we town. We ask around and we hear uh tales of tales of one similar like some from one whose mother effectively saw one by the falls. And it's like, oh, the falls where the sin eaters swarm more thickly than anywhere else. That could be where it is. Yeah, duh. Okay. Uh one problem, it has been uh th- it has been what is it they've been instructed by rubble um however there is a much longer more perilous way to get there through a temple long since sealed due to those said sin eaters destroying that village called the katana revel um and it also happens to have very ardent automated defenses yes so to get to the falls we need to go to the temple to open the temple we need to go to the kamana astropolis here we go okay so, look to the stars is the upcoming quest. We are to be escorted to the ruins of Ixmaya up north to find the unsealing mechanism of the uh, of. Th- so there's like there's a temple there that has the, the uh, unsealing mechanism, and there's another there's another courtyard like thing here with four pyramids that you have to jump up tediously. Yes, I, I, at this point, Yastola is already sick of puzzles. Also, she is at this point commenting on being done with solving weird cryptic. And puzzles. I'm also done with the sort of legends of the hidden temple. Everything that the indigenous, you know, tribes did of the um, of, of pre-colonization has has this like arcane, obscure Rube Goldberg effect in their yeah. in their, in their religious spaces. Um, and I think that's a direct byproduct of like. One, a lack of knowledge on the history that is as a result of colonialism, as a result of Spanish colonialists and Portuguese colonialists burning the um, history. I think in the Incans they had they had their history and not in like tied string in a certain kind of that kind of way. I don't remember what it's called, but basically the destruction of the identity of these people has kind of led us to to natural like our first instinct is to sort of you know wonder curiously about what happened because there is no writing uh and not as much history we'd have to kind of do these archaeological digs and we do tend to fantasize about them and try to sell a product right we're trying to sell a final fantasy product i get it yeah at the same time um it would be nice (laughs) if if there was just a more reasonable um less contrived sort of reason that we couldn't you know sort of gate um that we that something that prevented us from getting the knowledge that wasn't literally from the movie indiana jones yeah it's like like (laughs) these cultural tropes at this point are decades if not close to like over a century embedded in like western and especially american and british pop culture and so like i like i get which i I know that this is a video game and so like it's so deeply embedded that i get why you go back to that well especially like this is a video game and you want puzzles in your video game and you want you want action, and you want you know you, you want these kinds of things. But, 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 but there I, I are think... other places where those things exist that aren't that aren't done this way in this game. Right? Yeah, and I think that we're getting to a point where, like, as a culture or a set of cultures or whatever, I can't speak for Japan, obviously, but like, yeah. I think we're getting to a point where, we're like, we're able to recognize and talk more directly about like these tropes being kind of like tired and propagating, like you know, really sort of like incorrect, like understandings of the way that people use these yeah. spaces and stuff. i think some country some cities and regions of the country are and some are not yes but hey that's why we do this podcast so that we can espouse our thoughts and not 
not other people's. Um, but that's just our my, show. We can say what we want. That's just my impression of this going through it the second time around. I wasn't particularly looking for. So we do this. We guess. We sort of guess the statue that we have to do. We don't. Really, I don't know. This. I don't want to belabor the detail. I don't want. I don't want to like. Be, I don't want to belabor the details of the riddle in case somebody else is going through this for the first like the first time without having played it or something. And I then, just like, guessed correctly based yeah, me on too. vibes. And then there's a thing in there that we go, we go in and there's a, cause Ranjit's on our heels. Basically he's made it past. Like by the time we do that, Ranjit has made it past. Slitherbow is on his way to Fanoff, which is the name of the treetop village that we were just from. I don't think we've actually said it out loud. Um, and, um, we head into the temple and this is where we, the two of us split up and go into a, um, we go into a solo duty wherein all the things ha- it's like it's basically just like rehash Jones shit. It's, it's reha it's also rehashed stuff from other video games so like that really really everyone's favorite part of ocarina of time hyrule castle don't 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 put stealth sections in your game if you're not a stealth game like looking just- at you this also looking at you owlboy the start of owlboy was ass but then it was great just if you have not created mechanics to make stealth interesting or engaging, then it is the most nothing of a mechanic. It just does not need to be here. I would rather just kill, do combat, <laughs> please. It's you, fine. You got caught. I just by got the caught because I was quick. like, "This isn't gonna. This first one's not gonna kill me. I'm not doing this." And then the second one I did because there was a, it was easier. But like, yeah. Um, anyway, we run through. We run through. There was the slidey puzzle that we we've joked about a couple times. There's the boulder. Um, and then once we make it to the bottom, we are met with Ranjit directly, which is kind of funny to me. He's like, yeah, he just he shows up. A door opens on the other side, and he's like, oh, "Hello there." <laughs> we just said with the owl statue and stuff here, also. Yeah, oh, God, but whatever. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Point being, we, we meet Ranjit. We are in, in the we fight him a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's held off by the Viera slightly. You know, once we weaken him, and then Ushola and I make it to the main chamber. And, and I appreciate this. Like. Because what happens here is like we're fighting Ranjit and everything, and then Ashola is like, "Screw Fuck it, this. just go through the door, get the relic." <laughs> we just kind of we just bail on the fight and rush in. Uh, we grab the relic. All of a sudden, robots collapse to the ground. Yes, so there's some yeah, um, absolutely. And Ranjit rushes is, in after is, us. Yeah, we, this is now we have to deal with this Ranjit problem because he kicks he kicks the Vera out, and now it's just us. Um, but. Before he can get too close, his adjutant comes in, right? Yes, he comes in and steps on a pressure plate like an idiot, and then we all look up as there's a rumbling noise, and then the entire fucking floor collapses into a giant void in the ground. <laughs> yeah, um, thank God we didn't step on it. <laughs> because we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Is it luck? I didn't deliberately avoid it. No, they're just it's just not there. Yeah, no, no. So it's just convenient. It's just sort of a contrivance to move the plot. Um, anyway, Ranjit so, and... So now we're on the other yeah. side of a chasm with Ranjit, the adjutant, and Yustola. Um, and it's... And, and the adjutant at this point cowardly offers a little bargain with a thing in his voice. And he sort of dangles an antidote in front of us because they have poisoned all the villagers yeah and they hinted that they could with the one villager that they wounded because the spiders because of the spiders too but yes um damn it the bees weren't good enough nope the bees did not get the job done another day he's like look hey so we're trapped and we're trapped on the other side of this chasm with you uh i'm holding the antidote out over the void you're gonna i'm doing this bit whether you like it or not I'm just kidding. Go ahead. You're going to get us out of here. Or I'm going to drop the antidote into the void and everyone will die. And um, and then Ranjit, of all people, is like, no, we don't negotiate with the enemy. And he, the villagers' lives are forfeit. And, and he, so uh, is yours. 
kicks his adjutant off the edge. Yeah. Honestly, and the that's poor, smart. The poor guy's last word, he just goes like, General? In this confused voice, like he doesn't know what's happening, and then he falls to his death. I, I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't be that... You, you wouldn't make that deal if you if you were that high-ranking in your army. There's then, no way. There's no way he wouldn't just be like, sweet, time to kill you. So the antidote is also falling in, and so Ishtola lunges into midair after it, catches it, tosses it back to us, and then falls down into the pit. Not before, however. A gust of wind yes. hit, uh, blows us in the face, and it smells faintly of cypress and does it like, really nice <laughs> okay and then ranjit is like well, that was noble and also pointless well we got the antidote uh yeah good thing good thing minfilia or thank oh, yeah, you we're, arrive about to, we're about right to 1v1 now mm-hmm. so here's what happens uh minfilia and thankrid and Rianche show up they're yell they're like oh my god what's happening here uh, Thancred jumps across, uh, and Uriyanche uses the ability rescue <laughs> on Ranjit. He like it's the rescue animation. He pulls him over the chasm, and Thancred knocks him down into the abyss, where he'll probably fucking live. Well, uh, th- people tend to not die in this game unless well, it's convenient, right? That was my thought well, for a brief moment there. I was <laughs> like, oh man, is, is Ishtola actually dead? Is this like a Papalimo thing? And I was like, oh, but like, Ranjit also got knocked down there. We're not done with him yet. So if yeah. he's not dead, she's probably not dead. Like, there's no way he's dead. That's not it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, right. But she is missing. Okay. Um, the aftermath. We head back and we're kind of, we head back after that. We get out of the duty, make it back to Fenoff, and we're re- reeling at the loss of Ishtola. The depth of the pit was too deep to mark that the, 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 what her name was, Armit? Armit. Armit. Is that her name? Yeah, I, I guess remember. so. Okay. I, well. Yes, Armit. Yep. Uh, the depth of the pit, she mentions that her VRS scouts were unable to mark it, so she's probably good. Uh, before we get too distraught, though, we must just treat, treat the villagers of Fanoff and Slitherbaugh, who have been, bah, what? Slitherbaugh? Almost had my own fucking um, fucking um, possibly moment that have been poisoned, uh, and so we go do that, and including Runar. Runar including is one Runar. of the people who's been poisoned. Yes, so um, in good faith, uh, and, and this is a cutscene quest. Thancred describes basically he he awakens. Um, no, no, he doesn't awaken it. He describes what happened in Slitherbow to us, basically that okay, the villagers bravely fended them off, but they all got poisoned. Um, and then they, like, they didn't kill, they weren't killed, they were just poisoned, and then, like, they got ran past. Were they, like, strapping the spiders to the tips of the arrows? Like, how do they poison everyone? I don't know, they just took the glands out and okay. just glanded the arrows. Just glanded on them. That makes sense. Just glanded all over the arrows. That's how that works. Took the arrows and just put the gland on it. Okay, I shouldn't have stopped you. So, the... <laughs> <laughs> the Knights Blessed ended up chasing them long enough, just enough to buy us time to enter the temple um, before they could make it past, well, before, you know, you know what happened, you know when they got there. We know, yeah, we, 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 we don't need a flashback, the, it just the, happened yeah, to us. Kind of. The, um, Runar then awakens after we administer two doses of the antidote, and he asks what happened to Matoya. We tell him what happened, vaguely at first. He's not pleased. He's um, very and upset. He says, be less vague, please. So we are less vague. And then he says, no, that's that can't be it. And he begins to start... The two stages, the first two stages of grave simultaneously. He is madly denying it. <laughs> He's saying, no, that didn't happen. Fuck you. <laughs> he really cares about her. Like, it's pretty obvious. Well, of course, but don't we all, right? But it's perfect timing. I don't know, but he really cares about her. Like, we're going to see some stuff later on. Yeah, like... <laughs> he cares quite a bit about her. Um, perfect timing for an acquaintance of ours to show up. Fucking Emmett Sell. Hi, Emmett. <laughs> Who, for the first time here, is not a huge prick. Like, subdued sarcasm, subdued assholery, mostly just playing it straight. He does ask 
us what trouble we've got ourselves into this time. And he's presumptuous, but he is right. Yes. Um, but he adds, uh, I want to highlight this quote here. You know, this seems genuine. My condolences, by the way, like, tell, because we tell him what happened. He says, my condolences, by the way, it is never easy to lose the ones we love. Which, yeah, in hindsight, given what we learn later, makes a lot of sense that he feels that way. It's interesting, though. Um, but something's not right. That, like, that wind, that cypress wind, that good old cypress wind. What was it? Oh, my gosh. He pulled the same trick. <sighs> or we, we mentioned there was a flow wind, and, Urian, and everyone turns their heads to us and be like, and Urian just says, could you tell us what actually happened and then not omit details like that, please? <laughs> So he he mentions that's yeah that's flow and Emmett Selk was like oh yeah I saw that so she's been sucked into the live stream again that was she's weird like, same thing she did when she, we were escaping from yeah Bulldog. he just kind of like like uh, uh, the way Emmett Selk is animated is just so expressive and lively and interesting the way he's just sort of like slightly cocks his head and looks to the side he's like oh that's what that was <laughs> and we're like wait you saw it and he's like yeah um, and also I I can get her yeah he's like. This only happened once, not twice. So her soul didn't exit. Um, so she's still there. And um, then he offers the unthinkable because he sees us kind of moping at the loss of our friend. He's like, he kind of like, oh, I'll go get her. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. You're gonna, he, as an act of good faith, I guess, right? He gives us a wry smile. It's like, no, it's just, this is, this will be, if maybe this will help you, you know understand my intentions are genuine i'll help you out he gives us an etheric lamp and tells us to sort of whistle um when we find the spot in the live stream that glows strongest with the lamp and here is where we get an inch <laughs> I, I do want to give the localization team their second credit this episode because he said he they drops of all references, a Lauren Bacall reference. <laughs> I didn't catch that. You do know how to whistle, don't you, hero? Just put, you know, put your lips together and blow. It's really good. <laughs> anyway, we do some hot and cold. And uh, we, like imagine. we do some Marco Polo out in the woods. <laughs> Just Lauren Bacall in the Final Fantasy fourteen universe. I love this. Secretly, an asshole. high high point coffee aspected ether <laughs> it's decaffeinated <laughs> uh <laughs> oh the aspected ether well it, it runs infinitely deep yeah the joke never gets old after a quick game of hot and cold <laughs> with the thing we whistle and the entourage arrives emmett selk looks around and asks us for some space to concentrate at this point i have a note here i'm like is he is he autism coded <laughs> <laughs> is he he's is something he neurodivergent coded. i think he is i think he's coded at this point <laughs> they make it pretty clear that he doesn't quite have well his social skills are not great uh-huh <laughs> and, and he needs quiet i guess um and he also mentions what color was her soul again why do souls have colors is this a translation error it's weird like well how, how is this translated in or japan yeah, I'd be curious about that. Is or that like, like quality? I mean, color does mean quality in English as well. I, it's like I imagine it's some kind of like almost like a synesthesia synesthe- mm. type thing where yeah. it's like, look, what is like the applicable sort of way of describing what this perception yeah. feels like? He's looking at, you know, what to us perceive it looks like nothing. And then uh, there's a couple of, st- well, then there's a couple of stars that appear as he thinks. And then a snap with the snap of his fingers, um, she reconstitutes. And with another. Snap weirdly weirdly reverberated snap now that i'm thinking about it they are in the woods 
What I guess it's bouncing off of trees. I've not I don't been know, in, man. I have not been in the th- the thick. I've been woods. in lots of woods. They don't tend to echo. These are really big trees, though. When you Maybe. think about it, they might be big soundboards. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, this game's not very realistic sometimes. She reconstitutes from death. <laughs> yep. Naked at first, he snaps his fingers again, and now, and he, now she has clothes. That's decent of him. Um, she wakes hale and hearty, though she still doesn't see. Could have fixed that, right? No, I guess not. Because she wasn't, you know, she wasn't in there for that long, so I guess she doesn't have any new disabilities. I was going to say, I was expecting her to lose some additional sense. She can only like, taste <laughs> ether. <laughs> But Runar rushes up, and he sweeps her up in his arms, and at this point I was like, oh yeah, this is a romance. Like, they should just kiss right now. Like, these, yeah, two, yeah. these two care about each other. Oh, some dick aspect to Ether. Okay. Emmett Selk clears his throat and suggests that some gratitude might be nice. This is their uh, this is their first meeting, by the way. She's it, not met Emmett Selk at this I point. I was going to say, yeah, to, to her credit, she says thank you and conveys her gratitude. Yes. Um, the group heads back to Fanoff, and Emmett Selk makes a nice remark about how tender moments... It's really not nice. How tender moments are just that moments. He was swept up in the moment, but he realizes that, um, you know, man tends to forget these things and go back to squabbling over nothing pretty quick. You know, interesting perspective of this person. The following quest. Now that we've unlocked the Katana Ravel, it's time to do the Katana Ravel. Dungeon boss recap. Finally. Yes. So the level 75 dungeon is the Katana Ravel. Um, fun. Fun dungeon. Always happy to get this one in roulettes. Um, the uh, first sort of segment has some pseudo bosses, which is always nice. I always like the ones that are that have like little Little like puzzly yeah. stuff or yeah. like dodging like, you know, the... Um, Something a little more interesting. Like the owl lasers and stuff. Yeah. And then there's a big pack and another one. Uh, first guy is, I don't, I think Lozathel something, something with a low. Sure. Lozathel Scorn, big rock dude. He cuts out, like cuts off half the arena but doesn't tell you which half with yeah the i got hit by this every time you have to look up you gotta look up this is a look up boss and then he, there's a one in the background that cuts off a different half and you gotta find the pizza pie it's another pizza pie but it's not the one it's not a moving pizza pie it's the it's the negative space pizza it's a pac-man it's a pac-man i should say pac-man that's better pac-man um you know that you know that what was that strip foxtrot yeah, that reminds me of By Bill a, Emmond. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the 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 older brother Peter. There was always a you know he's always a glutton, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so yeah, there was the there's always he did that classic gag of like, you know, he makes a slice of pizza and the dad remarks, oh, that's a relatively reasonable small slice of pizza, but it and turns out entire, he wants yeah the, he wants getting, the other seven pieces of it. That was this boss. That was this boss. That is a. Sure, yeah. This boss was like <laughs> that one Foxtrot strip <laughs> from probably the early 90s. Oh, come on, late 90s. <laughs> I guess late 90s. Give me, give me a little credit. <laughs> I'm not that old. I, I would need to check when Foxtrot ran from. <laughs> um, The second boss is called Bat Squatch. <laughs> Yeah. It's a big bat. It is a big sound wave attack that does a lot of damage. And then some pillars knocked down. And then I rescued you out of where those pillars were going to intersect. And then you, you walked back into it. I did. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> this was a fun dungeon. Oh, I got to breathe. And um, the fi- there's no other trash of note here. The final, qu- the, uh, ba- the final boss is Eros. Yes. Um, the Light Warden, and it's a Cerberus, basically. It's a Cerberus, yep. It's a baboon Cerberus. <laughs> it's 
Instead Easy. of dog heads, it's got baboon heads. Not that crazy of a fight. Not that crazy of a fight. You just got to run away from his tethers, and then you get to dodge the poison. You get knocked around and whatever. Um, so once that's done, uh, we suck, suck, suck uh, the light into the night. Uh, oh, it's light into us. Yum, yum. Tasty. And the night returns to the Great Wood. You know, yeah. I'm and sure. I'm sure all. I'm sure our plan will go off without a hitch for two more zones, and then we'll be done and back to the source. Yeah, I mean, I figured at this point, like we're getting into a rhythm here. It's yeah. pretty. The formula for each zone is the same. I wouldn't expect it to be interrupted in any real way. No, thank goodness for that. Uh, so the scions really take it all in, except Yustola, who asks Oriange to describe it to her in the form of a French kiss, because all she can do is taste either. <laughs> Dot my tongue <laughs> with the. St- Oriange actually gives her a quite nice sort of like no, uh, yeah. poetic description of the night sky above. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's something. Something stars in a raven gown, twinkling each infinite blah blah blah. Beautiful poetry. Ugh. <laughs> we chance um, before we return home, we we head into the secrets of the the falls because this were that was the whole thing of Ixmaya, right? Is that all of this automata stuff in the temple was guarding a secret? the secrets of the ancients that were entrusted to the Bronkins by the ancients. Um, and here is where we get Guess he shows a back big up. cut scene. Yes. Uh-huh. So we take it all in uh, here. We're, we're, we, she knows she, we look at this, this paint in here and somehow Ishola with her weirdly inconsistent vision notices that the paint is older than that of the Ronkin empire. Can you, determine ether age i don't know i mean she would be the one to know the age of it it's like i I imagine like it's like carbon dating but it's like ether dating i don't know she can see what like the old ether looks like (laughs) sure the sanctuary maybe she's the only one who can i just don't i I don't fully understand how her ether vision works i I don't either i kind of took it to be that she was the only one who could like that she saw something in sort of like like the nature of them that showed what stuff was older i don't know it's probably very clearly well documented and i just didn't do my homework because people, there are people who like this game quite a lot. I don't know. Like the wiki can be a bit sparse on lore stuff. Sometimes, yeah, digging. but not Ishtola. Come on. Okay, I don't. Obs- everyone's obsessed with her. I don't. Read There's major too ca- much documentation on Ishtola. I don't read major character articles in case I, I just- accidentally like discover like all of a sudden when Papa Lima stops showing up in quests. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not talking about just the text documentation. There's a there's quite a bit of visual documentation. I'm certain <laughs> that does not does not necessarily need to be there. That's right. I'm judging you. <laughs> I'm judging you, people who you draw your stola playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I would have that as an avatar. Just <laughs> be a fucking fucking uh, blue player. <laughs> if I was God like, damn it! If I was like eight years younger, I'd buy a T-shirt at a convention and wear it. Not now. But like me eight years ago would have bought that t-shirt. Where were we eight years ago? Oh, that's where we were eight years ago. Yeah. I don't want to go back. <laughs> Let's move on. Rather than looking at the past. Well, we're about to look at farther, much farther than eight years in the past. Emmett um, Selk has a lot Selk of shows up. Yeah, info um, for us. Yushtola's uh, like, uh, he checks on us and Yushtola asks how what he's plot, ask if he's plotting something. And she says, yes, obviously, all the time. But that's not important right now. <laughs> Um, he notices the murals and kind of tells us about them. Like, oh, isn't that nice? That brings a, you know, faint, brings a tear to my eye. You know, it's just how things used to be. And we're all like, uh, you know about them? And he says, yes, everyone did until the world was shattered. Um, uh, people, you know, 
people seem to forget this version vision of the of of the old world, right? This vision of paradise only preserved in song and scripture and paint. Nobody knew how to write it down. Nobody remembers. Like 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 after the world splits up, no one remembers what the old world is like. It was, no one it, even it knows lost how. Paradise. No one even knows how to document it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, all the the knowledge is lost. Yeah, and so what we find, like the story we get here is that before the Great Sundering, there was a single world which was in like the grips of crisis. Mm-hmm. Civilization was on the precipice. Through a bunch of prayer and sacrifice, the will of the people of the star was made manifest in the form of uh, the being Zodiac, who managed to avert the calamity. But the naysayers who didn't like Zodiac, uh, they were afraid. And so they did the same thing and they made Heidelin to shackle him. And they fought and they fought and she eventually won and Zodiac was banished and divided. And Thancred's immediate, uh, Thancred immediately with the first question here is like, wait, so Heidelin and Zodiac aren't gods? They didn't create the world? No, they were summoned? They didn't, they were, they were there after people? And Eric Selk was like, no, you didn't realize they're primals. They always have been. Yeah. What did you think about that? particular bit of information um i i have quite a few thoughts about it actually but i'm gonna save it for the end because okay. it gets a bit yeah there's out a bit the more okay. quest. uh-huh and then ishtola here is like okay well where did the Asians come into all of this and he's like finally you asked the right question and i'm like have we not asked who the Asians are before no <laughs> anyway the point being like you know um this is their history and their story they lost their world they like the Asians are like what remains of the followers of zodiac and they wish to cause the great rejoining to return their world and to make creation whole again. Yes. And he says, wouldn't you wish for the same thing? Interesting question. Um, like, we'll think about it. The Let's let's think about... There's like a... <sighs> the Zodiac Heidelin stuff, I'll yeah. touch on a bit later. Yeah. I will say in terms of like... I mean, I called this last episode, but you also did. it's been kind of obvious. Yeah, like, no, the they've the been SM hinting. Plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, again, it's like... It's still nakedly villainous. In doing so, you are resulting in the deaths of millions, if not billions, of other beings. Um, like, like, maybe I'm wrong about what form this is going to take, but yeah. thus far, it sounds like if you've made the history of this new world that exists a miserable one in which lots of people die every few hundred years because a calamity occurs in order to bring back your world, you just perpetuated way more suffering to bring back what you've lost. And I, that's think, still... I think there's a couple, there's a couple of details we're still missing obviously but there is a couple of questions you have yet to ask yourself and i think once we talk about the upcoming couple of quests you might start to wonder you might start to you might start to examine this whole arc in a different light okay um so yeah but yeah the Asians are the ancients they're the ones that gave the runkins this wisdom um and they are the ones who summoned zodiac um and i guess by extension, Heidelin. Bearing with it, uh, well, not Heidelin, no. The Asians summoned Zodiac, and I guess we don't know who summoned Heidelin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I the guess. The Asians are the ones I'll imagine. The Asians, one of them's just like actually kind of cool. <laughs> The one other thing I'll say here really quick is the way you could make the Asians, the way you could make Emmett Selk interesting to me on a character level, one way you could do it at this point would be to kind of lean into the sheer nihilism of the whole thing and just really like show that like that his disregard for like, you know, life and death and suffering of like whatever he has to go through to get this done is a reflection of a larger sort of like disconnection from everything and single-minded pursuit of this goal to a point that has left him kind of like emotionally vacuous and probably like really just like, I don't know. That would be an interesting way to take this. I think, 
I think it does all come down to the characterization because this isn't, you know, returning to a, a a world to a state it was before is not necessarily a new plot. It, we're not reinventing the wheel in that sense. We are reinventing the wheel in that we are telling this very complex, intricate s- story in an MMO. Um, that has not been done before. <laughs> this is the first to have done it, uh, basically, to this degree of success. Um but we will continue on with these last two quests and talk more because we are, whoo, we have, we, I had short notes, but we have a lot of discussion. Bearing with it is the following quest. We kind of look at each other and we're like, that was a lot. I don't know how yep. much of that's true, but that's a, that's a perspective that we hadn't considered. Let's check on Fanoff uh, now that we've returned the night sky. The Vs and the Night's Blessing are sure to be extremely happy about us. Um, they are great. Um, we kind of end up um, bidding our adieu to the rest of the Knights Blessed in Slitherbrow, and Ardbert looks on with a smile, basically. Which is, is this the first time we've seen him smile? Uh, we saw him smile uh, with, um, Seto. with, what's his name? Seto, with his, yeah, Seto. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's still, you know, he's getting some, some, he's getting a little bit of joy out of this, which is nice. Out of the Wood is the final quest, and Yustola decides to leave the wood as well having returned the night sky back to the blessed, but she beckons us into her chambers for a quick um, one-on-one. She ends up divulging that she suspects that rather than the light having been negated by the blessing, it has been absorbed into our essence. She decides to let us know what we've already overheard. And she, she says, like, the danger to us grows with everyone that we kill, and then I, we should tell her if anything strange starts happening, and it's the end of the conversation. I think our character very cleverly cleverly um does not tell her that we've already overheard her say this yes well and also like ending the conversation there this is not super useful it's like if your doctor tells you you have a terminal disease and it's like so let me know if anything you know just like weird starts happening it's like she's clearly not qualified to fix it what does that mean uh but yeah she's like something i don't know we'll 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 reevaluate once once you get too light to start once your once your uh, foundation's a couple shades too light, we end up we head back to the uh, Crystarium with Yustola in tow, where she is free to you know use her own name. And while this is, good, goodbye sequence is happening, and I think a few times throughout this whole thing, the the Matoya theme, Master Matoya's sort of theme um, song, the da 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 da, that has been playing, you know, as 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 she's been centered in these cutscenes, which is a nice touch. Um, anyway. We t- retell the events of the Great Wood to the Exarch and Alfino. Um, and before he, the Exarch can tell us how his meeting with Fothry went, he gets about a fatigue um, because he was too far away from the tower. So he's really bound to this thing. We're all going to go rest up. But we all go rest up. You know, back to the inn. And hey, Ardbert jump scare, I guess. Yeah, no, we, we get a good conversation with Ardbert here. We go here, over a few different things. Here, yeah, he, he muses that we don't look any different. You know, he's obviously heard everything he said, but, but, you know, like. I guess we'll just keep going on with that. So that's good. But also about the stuff Emmett said, it's it's interesting. One, is it? Do you think it's true? But two, supposing it is, what does that make her blessing? Yeah. No, I love the. What implica- a good question. Like I'm so interested in this. That I, implies that it's a form of tempering. I, I lo- are we in fact, if she's a primal, are we in fact tempered to her? I love the implication here because the thing about tempering, at least as it's been depicted before, and. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't, Mostly. I, I don't think I'm wrong about this. Like, 
beings that are tempered do not become robots. They just become fanatically dedicated to the execution of the will of yes, the, the primal. Being. Right. So like, but like they probably think that they're making free choices and the choices they want to make are just to do whatever the primal says they should do. Yeah. So like, if we think we're making choices this whole time, are we just making the choices that we what, make? Are, is this because a would you kindly us, moment? Yes. Like Spoilers like, for Bioshock. <laughs> Are we making the choices that we make because they put us on the path to execute Heidelin's will? Yeah. I'm super into that. Like, are, you, are we going to, like, go back and look at all the dialogue to see if there's anything she always says to I command mean, us? I, I don't think so. I, 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 I think it just more raises a good question of, like, you know, where do, where does motivation come from? Where does, like, yeah. will come from? Exactly. How, how do we, mm-hmm. um, and here's the thing. Supposing the sundering, you know, we know the sundering happened and supposing it was, you know, Heidelin as a primal. What do you think the sundering entailed? Like the sundering is when all the worlds split off, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I've kind of gathered that like it, it was Zodiac got split into pieces, right? And yes. The pieces are the worlds. Zodiac got hit so hard that she broke reality into fourteen pieces. Yes. With that, everyone's soul got ripped from itself you know kind of like and that scene from the golden compass where like oh okay you got know it. the daemon is torn from the kid and it's like ah so so she she if if she in fact is the one that sundered these people like well she admits it you know she's mm-hmm. the one that divided the worlds she fucked up she did something fucking brutal yes right okay and okay, we don't okay. know yeah. if that she did that for a good cause or not at all we don't know anything about her motives she hasn't said shit to us right I mean, I'm I'm very into this complicating. Like, yeah. I, so now I, do it's you the thing like, I've been on about for a while? Yeah. Like, where are the Asians motivated? Like, yes, what they're doing is causing carnage. But like, are they doing? <laughs> is that actually like, like should the Asians just sit down and take it, or should I, they fight back? I mean, I I think the question for me seriously involves, like, what the restoration of the old world would actually entail, and what would mm-hmm. happen to all the people who are currently alive. Yes. Because we know it's not good. We know it's not good to the yeah. people who are currently alive. We know that. But we also don't know how the Asians feel about that. Yes. Outwardly, they've been rejoicing in the, you know... Suffering of suffering others. Suffering others. And same question, I guess, to them. Are they tempered? Mm-hmm. You sure know. like are they also just like execu- executors mm-hmm. of zodiac's will yeah yeah so um it is interesting it is an interest this is a very very interesting and pivotal chapter that asks a lot of questions does not it gives you a little bit of an answer to some of your questions like what what are the Asians' motivations who are like where do they fit in in all this um and i it kind of you know it's, it, it it starts to ask the question why I it, Emmett Selk is uh, clearly not telling the whole story, though. Obviously, he's not telling the whole story on purpose. You know, he is but one person. Uh, he is a um, he is just one source of information. There are a couple of others out there. Maybe we'll get some more out of them down the line. Um, you know, history is told by those that are the victor, right? So, yeah, we have a lot to learn. Uh, and this cutscene finally at, cracks that shell open just a little bit. Yes. This patch is the first time, and, and, and I think it's going to be the case going forward, it's the first time where I am curious what it is like inside Emmett Selk's head. Yes. 
Like, what is his experience of all of this? Right. Um, and that go like with that, you know, in 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 mind, we 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 resolve that like he's not telling the whole the whole story. You know, Asi- lying sure. as an Asians want um, won't. <laughs> if you're British, um, the. Uh, but there's a, a tender moment here with Arbert where he um, tells us that, hey, like, it was really nice to see people rejoicing in the success of the adventure. You know, that's what I cherished most when I was adventuring was just the, rather than the thrill of the battle or anything, like... It's the aftermath, it's right? The it's aftermath. When, you, when you've helped people and you, and, like, and you see, like, how you've helped them. And that's really sweet. Meanwhile, and Garlemald! Meanwhile, and Garlemald, we can, we can hit this quick. Our Gaius fearsome, Nistinian yeah, do, our fearsome twosome. Stuff. Summarize the events of the war thus far. Surprising to them that the Eorzean Alliance has actually been um, putting up a good fight against the Empire. Not surprising to us, given what we know, but it's starting to happen. You know, we're, it's a race against the clock before the Empire deploys black rose yep uh because they're on the back foot they close they're close to their next target who is presumably zelidibus right they're headed to the royal throne room and then something weird happened belsar's um old alamegan army general disappeared without a trace um that's weird he wasn't one to be a he he wasn't a traitor he knows him very well and he wouldn't there was nowhere for him to go for uh, that traitors would go Right, which they seem to, I think, have pieced together that Xenos's soul is in his body. Yeah, Astinian knows because Astinian. Oh, knows I guess Astinian yeah. knows. Yeah, yeah. so yep. he told Gaius. He told Gaius. Yep. Yes. So they shared that, and then Xenos is headed back to this. And then, like, it, like down the street, Xenos is Zenos, yeah. in <laughs> Zenos just on the next in the next block over, headed back to the capital, saying a couple things like, "This hunt sucks. It's bloodless sport. This sucks. Sucks ass. It sucks." Um, maybe maybe the throne room will make me feel better, but honestly, I know I know what it'll, you know really what he what he he's he's vocalizing what he craves, you know, talking out loud. I, I think he wants us. He kind of wants to fight us. Uh huh. He, he likes that. He wants more hunting. Okay. Also, comment here. I assume we're going to Garlemald at some point because this is the first time that city has ever been yes, rendered. Yes, it's been rendered. Detail. It's been rendered. It's like, oh, they built these buildings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we awaken though. Thus, we awaken after after all this. We, it pans back to us on the first. We awaken in the end to the sounds of, like, warfare, right? Is that what's happening? Yeah, something's going on. Something's going on outside. We look out the window. We're disturbed. We and then leave that's the room. It. End of episode. End of New Game Plus Chapter 1, Shadowbringers, basically. Gave me that. Um, so that is going to do it for Act 3 of 6 um, in Storm. I, w- I wish I had realized that there were actually six acts. Um, so that being said... Uh, we are going to do some housekeeping. There's not going to be an, an additional funny segment, um, but we do want to pay our bills. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All okay. right. So lay, lay it on us and take us to the market board. Well, I know everyone was super excited about our um, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within commentary series yeah. I promised last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I did record that. We realized at the end of that episode, I think that we had said everything we could possibly say about that movie. We couldn't make it a series. And yeah. then you gave me the file on a thumb drive. And then I was taking it home. And then it fell off the train tracks and got crushed. Oh. Like, you know, and I, I thought about jumping down to grab it, but uh, it got completely pulverized. So I'm really glad you didn't jump down. And, hey, hey y'all out there who don't if you come to chicago or live anywhere with the don't jump on the tracks don't even think about it if you're thinking about it and it's not intrusive and you're like you don't reflectively reflexively be like ooh, ooh, get get some help 
Yeah. So, so that on, moving on. <laughs> so that commentary track has been lost forever, and I do not think we're going to re-record it because, my God, that movie was difficult to find things to talk about. Mm. So, um, new new Podtron uh, backer tier reward. I had this great idea. It shouldn't take more than a couple hours every month. Yeah. Um, anyone who backs at the five dollar level or higher, uh, Jerome and I will each record a video of us looking directly into the camera and thanking you by name for your uh, patronage. And that video will be ten minutes long. Yeah. So, so for example, um, like I might, for example, just say, you know, thank you, Jacob Matthews, for your continued support. It's incredibly valuable to us. Mm-hmm. And I might continue like that for 10 more minutes mm-hmm. while looking directly into my webcam. Mm-hmm. So if that sounds like a good reward to you, if you'd like to pay money for that, you can go over to podtron.net slash stormbuds and ship us five bucks a month. Yes. You only get the one video. Like after that, you're just kind of paying to continue to support the show, but you'll, you'll have the one. Yes. Um, but what you um, don't have to pay for is access to our Discord and social media, which are all linked in the link pop of the description of this episode. I was going to make a joke about it, about that, and I was like, why don't I just actually tell people about yeah, our Discord? Just- and I'll probably tell them again um, shortly, because we're doing a little housekeeping here, Magic Broom housekeeping. God, we haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, there's basically three more chapters, right? So then that third chapter is going to be the live recap episode and looking at the calendar right now we're doing it like i thought it was going to be when i thought there were two actually going to be five chapters it's actually gonna be six so then this episode is going to come out the 11th the lie the next episode is going to come out the 25th right this episode no it's not coming out it is coming out uh oh so today's the the 31st of may uh and then this is coming out not this because we're recording this really early so this will come out june 11th the 76th through 77th stuff will come out 25th. Then the 78 to 79 stuff will come out uh, the 9th. So our live recap is going to be the Saturday before the... Tw- so the 22nd. Okay, that's going to be the day. July 22nd. July 22nd. Um, it's my stepdad's birthday. So, <laughs> All right. Um, and so we... We'll be doing that. I don't remember the time. I think we had it set to like, I'm not going to say a time out loud because then we're going to commit to it. It's like a month off at this point. It's a month. It's just, just getting ready. We're getting that ready month and a half, but like, it's going to be that day for sure. Um, So mark your calendars all day. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, we're doing an eight hour marathon. (laughs) For the uh, live commentary episode of, um, you know, 5.0, the ending to 5.0. Uh, a moment you uh, many people have been waiting for and thank you again for all your continued support up until this point it's still still a pleasure to make this podcast and it makes it even more of a pleasure when we hear from you so again check out the links to to our social media and discord in the description of the episode also uh feel free to if you would like rate share review uh the podcast it really helps us out um not only with the just the the boring side of things but the emotional side of things we really like to connect with people and we've had some lovely conversations with the um discord and speaking of the discord for the next episode we are going to do a charlian forum yeah so by the time this episode comes out i will post the charlian forum question in the general chat of the discord it's about time it just we've had some long episodes 
these weeks because there's a lot to talk about uh-huh. in these. And I think there's going to continue to be, but we just kind of want to reach, just want to check in with peeps anyway. So feel free to hop in there and contribute to the thread. Um, and we will read uh, your answers, given that they are decent <laughs> on the air. Don't post um, porn. Don't, don't post that Yustola playing Magic the Gathering art. It's going to piss me off. <laughs> Do I have to draw this now? No! <laughs> you fucking better not! <laughs> oh, but thank you so much for listening to this episode 30. I didn't even call that out. The 30th episode. Is of it our, 30? It is the 30th episode. Oh, I didn't update Sankard finds a pube was 29. <laughs> You're right. I didn't update. Man, what are we going to call this one? We can't go into this now. I can't go. You know, it's not your. That's not your. That's not your job. I nope. call this one. You <laughs> I get call, to do that. Bit. I call all of them. And until I call this episode and the next one, born from buds, storm of buds. We've been the storm buds. Baby. Good night. Bye.